Welcome to Osler's Legal Year in Review, where we share insights on key legal developments in 2021 and their implications for Canadian business. In this article, A Dynamic Year for Capital Markets Enforcement, we review key factors impacting businesses subject to capital markets laws, rules, and regulations. Despite ongoing pandemic-related slowdowns, 2021 saw significant capital markets enforcement activity from regulators and prosecutors, including notable criminal and quasi-criminal proceedings. Much of this enforcement activity has been directed at emerging industries, particularly legalized cannabis and crypto markets. Other developments in 2021 have the potential to shape the enforcement landscape for years to come, including the publication of a draft Ontario Capital Markets Act, which, if enacted, will replace the Securities Act and the Commodity Futures Act. Other significant changes include the announcement of a beneficial ownership registry and the adoption by the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada, otherwise known as IROC, of early resolution offers. Continuing Impact of COVID-19 This year, the fallout from the sudden pandemic-induced transition to virtual regulation and enforcement continued. Regulators and market participants were required to pursue and respond to virtual investigations and hearings. Regulators were also tasked with responding to a rise in fraudulent schemes that attempted to capitalize on the widespread pandemic-related uncertainty. In general, regulators have adjusted well to the pandemic. While enforcement activity slowed, it has continued without significant disruption. As previously reported in our blog post on Osler.com, CSA releases annual enforcement report for fiscal year 2020-2021, and which will be discussed further, the Canadian Securities Administrator's annual enforcement report for fiscal year 2020-2021, highlights the steps taken by capital markets regulators in the face of these unprecedented challenges. Addressing these challenges mandated a high degree of cooperation and coordination among Canadian Securities Administration members and law enforcement, self-regulatory organizations, federal counterparts, including the Bank of Canada, the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions and Finance Canada, and foreign regulators. As the restrictions imposed by the pandemic loosen, it will be interesting to see how much of the switch to virtual enforcement remains, including whether there will be pressure to continue with virtual investigations and hearings, and whether that will be resisted by the market participants' bar. We anticipate that virtual interviews will remain common post-pandemic and that more straightforward hearings will continue to be held virtually. We also expect the increased collaboration between Canadian Securities Administration, CSA, members to continue, given the obvious benefits to promoting prompt and coordinated investigations and prosecutions of multi-jurisdictional securities law violations. Enforcement Activity Administrative Enforcement Matters The Enforcement Report, released on June 22, 2021, details a slowdown in enforcement activity in the 2020-2021 fiscal year relative to the prior reported period, likely because of postponements due to COVID-19. CSA members imposed a collective $20.3 million in penalties and sanctions, a significant decrease from the $45 million and $77 million imposed in the 2018-2019 and 2019-2020 fiscal years, and the lowest annual total since 2008. However, other enforcement metrics saw significant upticks. 
the CSA reported an increase in whistleblower tips received, with 46 this year compared to 291 last year and a 140% increase in investor warnings and alerts. Six individuals received jail terms, ranging from five months to four and a half years, and 49 respondents received interim cease trade and asset freeze orders. The 52 new cases is in line with the numbers in prior years, with the majority of new matters involving illegal distribution, registrant misconduct, and fraud. The enforcement report also highlights a large number of COVID-19-related investment scams. The CSA participated in the North American Securities Administrators Association sweep to identify and remove fraudulent websites and advertising on social media and digital marketplaces. The sweep uncovered more than 150 fraudulent schemes, 64 of which were identified by Canadian regulators. Uncertainty and volatility create fertile ground for fraudulent schemes to flourish, and the advent of widespread use of social media as a means of influencing market changes, such as the Reddit-driven frenzy over GameStop, is still relatively new. Accordingly, the pandemic may prove to be a crucible in which regulators' ability to identify and address fraudulent activity is tested. As we previously discussed in our blog post on Osler.com, Quebec Financial Markets Administrative Tribunal's long reach, the Court of Appeal of Quebec rendered a decision related to the territorial jurisdiction of the Financial Markets Administrative Tribunal on September 15, 2021. In the context of an alleged transnational pump-and-dump scheme, the court ruled that the Financial Markets Administrative Tribunal has jurisdiction over the alleged wrongdoing despite the fact that the applicant resides outside of Quebec. The decision confirmed that the Financial Markets Administrative Tribunal must have jurisdiction over transnational matters when there is a real and substantial connection with the province. The court emphasized the role of the Financial Markets Administrative Tribunal, which is to protect Quebec investors and to ensure the efficiency of Quebec's securities market and public confidence therein. In the U.S., the newly appointed chair of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC for short, Gary Gensler, has suggested that sweeping new changes are on the horizon. These include more aggressive use of prophylactic remedies for securities laws violations, adjustments to the SEC's current no-admit, no-deny settlement policy, which will make it more difficult for defendants to settle claims without admitting or denying wrongdoing, and amendments to the SEC's whistleblower program and insider trading rules. Canadian issuers with U.S. securities exposure will need to carefully consider these changes. Criminal and Quasi-Criminal Enforcement The Ontario Securities Commission, or OSC for short, published its 2021 Annual Report on September 2, 2021, which details the 11 cases investigated and two charges laid by the Quasi-Criminal Serious Offenses Team during the 2020-2021 fiscal year. While no federal criminal code proceedings were initiated in the 2020-2021 fiscal year, several such proceedings were initiated shortly after the fiscal year's end. In June 2021, charges were laid against three former directors of CanTrust Holdings, Inc., one of Canada's first billion-dollar cannabis companies, including former CEO Peter Aceto. The three directors were charged with securities law violations following a sweeping investigation into CanTrust's failure to disclose unlicensed growing by the OSC's Joint Serious Offences Team, which includes representatives of the OSC and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. 
All three directors are charged with misrepresentations, while two of the directors face additional insider trading charges. In July 2021, CanTrust emerged from Companies Creditors Arrangement Act protection, having settled significant securities misrepresentation lawsuits against the company. In June 2021, husband and wife duo, Marc and Alain Brunet, were convicted of quasi-criminal charges under the Ontario Securities Act. The allegations involved the sale of more than $800,000 worth of securities in Multicast Networks Holdings, Inc. to Ontario investors between 2010 and 2016. In October 2021, Stéphane Gagnon was charged with fraud and using a forged document. The OSC alleges that Mr. Gagnon collected more than $20 million from investors across the country by promising them immediate access to their locked-in retirement savings accounts, but instead using investor funds for personal expenses. In the same month, the OSC also announced the arrest and extradition to Ontario of Bernard Justin Sevilla, a UK resident charged with orchestrating from the UK a complex international fraud targeting Ontario investors. The alleged scheme involved purchasing airtime on Ontario radio stations to solicit investments in a foreign exchange arrangement called Transatlantic Direct. The scheme encouraged interested investors to register an account and send their investment funds to offshore bank accounts for foreign currency trading. Approximately 100 Ontario investors directed almost $5.2 million to Transatlantic Direct. These pursuits reflect the growing priority enforcers are giving to combating white-collar crime in a visible manner. As of October, the OSC Enforcement Branch has pursued a total of 54 quasi-criminal and criminal matters involving 78 accused in 2021. Enforcement Activity Relating to Crypto Trading Platforms Canadian securities regulators began pursuing enforcement activity against crypto market participants. This follows on the heels of 2020's first-ever settlement between the OSC and a crypto asset trading platform. The enforcement activity is largely driven by new registration requirements for crypto asset trading platforms. As we reported in our blog post on Osler.com, three-week countdown for Canadian digital asset trading platforms to start getting registered under securities laws. These new requirements were jointly published on March 29, 2021, by the CSA and IROC. At the same time, the OSC imposed an April 19, 2021 deadline for crypto asset trading platforms serving Ontario residents to contact the OSC to discuss registration. Other new regulatory requirements described in our Decoding Crypto, Providing Regulatory Clarity to Crypto Asset Businesses article are likely to also drive a new wave of enforcement activity. More than 70 crypto asset trading platforms have begun the registration process with the CSA. To date, OSC staff have published statements of allegations commencing enforcement proceedings against four crypto asset trading platforms that failed to do so. Polyanex, a Seychelles-based crypto asset trading platform, May 25, 2021. Qcoin, a crypto asset trading platform based in the Seychelles and Singapore, June 7, 2021. Bybit, a crypto asset trading platform based in the British Virgin Islands, June 21, 2021. OKX, a Seychelles-based crypto asset trading platform, August 19, 2021. Interestingly, 
the OSC pursued enforcement against OKX in August, notwithstanding the fact that, as acknowledged in the statements of allegations, Ontario was listed as a restricted jurisdiction in the OKX Terms of Service in June. The OSC alleges that each of the crypto asset trading platforms in question, one, are available to, and in fact used by, Ontario residents, two, engage in the trading of securities without prospectuses or prospectus exemptions, and three, have failed to engage in the CSA's registration process. Interestingly, the OSC appears to have pursued this enforcement activity without definitively taking the position that the crypto assets traded on the crypto asset trading platforms are securities. Instead, the statements of allegations each state that the instruments or contracts created when crypto assets are deposited into the crypto asset trading platform's custody are securities or derivatives. Internationally, this year has also seen increased enforcement activity against crypto market participants. In the U.S., the Department of Justice announced the formation of a national cryptocurrency enforcement team to identify and pursue cases against cryptocurrency exchanges. The SEC has also brought a flurry of enforcement activities, including actions against unregistered crypto issuers and exchanges. Other jurisdictions also appear to be preparing to take regulatory action against unregistered crypto markets, with the UK, Japan, and the Cayman Islands issuing notices stating that Binance is not authorized in those countries. Canadians scrutinized by foreign regulators A number of Canadian entities faced regulatory scrutiny from the SEC in 2020-2021. For example, Sean Wagowski, a trader at a major Canada-based asset management firm, was charged in July of 2021 with fraud in connection with a front-running scheme through which he is alleged to have earned over 3.6 million U.S. dollars. Canadian cannabis company Canapharma Hemp Products Corp. and its founders were also charged with fraud in October of 2021. The company is alleged to have raised approximately 15 million U.S. dollars from investors and then misappropriated a significant amount of the raised funds for personal use and other unrelated purposes. OSC Guidance on Enforcement Investigations and Document Production In July of 2021, the OSC published guidance on enforcement investigations and document production to assist individuals and companies participating in enforcement assessments and investigations. This guidance included OSC Staff Notice 15-707, Enforcement Investigation Guidance, and OSC Staff Notice 15-708, Document Production Guidance. Through this, the OSC clarified the processes and timelines that individuals and companies can expect in enforcement assessments and investigations, and provided insight into enforcement staff's expectations. The resources also described the enforcement branch's preferred production methods and provided information about how to respond to requests for records and other documents. 2020-2021 IROC Enforcement Report the IROC 2020-2021 Enforcement Report revealed that IROC enforcement received just under 1,400 complaints in 2021. Nearly a third of these complaints related to unsuitable investments, while unauthorized and discretionary trading, misrepresentation and supervision concerns made up almost half of the remainder. With the majority of its investigations taking place in Ontario and in British Columbia, IROC referred 25% of its files to prosecutions by the end of the fiscal year, 
In 29 cases, prosecutions were completed, of which 21 were cases against individuals and 8 against firms. Individuals were most often disciplined for improper handling of client accounts and discretionary trading charges, while firms faced discipline largely for supervision faults. In total, IROC imposed over $950,000 in sanctions against individuals and $1.2 million in sanctions against firms and collected 31% and 100% of sanctions imposed, respectively. A series of appeals were ongoing across Ontario, British Columbia, and Nova Scotia as of the date of the report's publication. In addition to enforcement statistics, the IROC report highlighted several key themes that emerged over the course of the year, including adequacy of supervision, internal control failures, and non-compliance of IROC-regulated firms. IROC also specifically noted the increased importance of protecting seniors and vulnerable clients, which comprised a quarter of the completed prosecutions against individuals throughout the year. Additionally, as announced in April of 2021, IROC adopted the use of early resolution offers to resolve cases more efficiently. Early resolution offers allow targets of disciplinary actions to secure lighter punishments, including a reduction of up to 30% for dealers and representatives on the sanctions IROC would otherwise seek in a settlement agreement. The reduction could apply to monetary penalties and to the length of a suspension. In offering the reduction, IROC staff will consider the extent to which there has been proactive and exceptional cooperation, remedial measures implemented, and compensation paid. IROC also announced that it would withdraw one of its other previously proposed options, the Minor Contravention Program, which had sought to address minor rule violations with standard penalties and no public disclosure. The withdrawal followed concerns expressed by public commenters that the suggested program would not serve the public interest. Enforcement-Related Legislative and Regulatory Developments As we reported in our blog post on Osler.com, Ontario Capital Markets Modernization Task Force Final Report A Set of Thoughtful Ideas or a Blueprint for Change On January 22, 2021, the Ontario Capital Markets Modernization Task Force published its final report, which presented a broad range of recommendations that, if adopted, would significantly rework capital markets enforcement. On October 12, 2021, based on the task force's recommendations, the Ontario government released a proposed Draft Capital Markets Act, which, if enacted, would restructure the OSC and replace both the Ontario Securities Act and the Commodity Futures Act. The changes in the proposed Capital Markets Act are driven by a number of trends identified by the task force, including the decline of primary markets, the rise of private markets, noticeable exempt market activities, the decline in active independent investment dealers, increased investor interest in environmental, social, and governance factors, increased shareholder activism, the COVID-19 pandemic's impact on markets, and the suspension of the Cooperative Capital Markets System Initiative. OSC Structure Some of the most sweeping changes proposed in the final report and reflected in the proposed Capital Markets Act relate to the structure of the OSC, such as expansions to the OSC's mandate to include fostering capital formation and competition in the markets. If enacted, the proposed Capital Markets Act would also separate the OSC's regulatory and adjudicative functions. Decisions previously within the purview of the director and executive director would instead be assigned to the chief regulator. 
Accordingly, the chief regulator would possess sweeping powers, such as the ability to make recognition orders and decisions related to recognized entities in the public interest and the ability to revoke and vary decisions. Enforcement proceeding for offenses under the proposed Capital Markets Act would only be commenced with the chief regulator's consent. Increased penalties. The task force recommended that the maximum monetary penalties be increased for the first time since 2003 to bring Ontario into line with international jurisdictions. The proposed Capital Markets Act reflects this recommendation and proposes increases to the maximum administrative monetary penalty from $1 million to $5 million and the maximum fine for quasi-criminal offenses from $5 million to $10 million. Automatic Recognition of Orders The task force recommended that the OSC should automatically, without the need for a hearing, reciprocate the orders of other Canadian securities regulators and streamline the reciprocation process for orders made by other bodies. This would support a consistent national approach to the enforcement of orders and settlements and reduce the use of OSC resources on reciprocation. These recommendations are reflected in the proposed Capital Markets Act, which provides for automatically reciprocating sanction orders, cease trade orders, and settlements from other Canadian securities regulators. It also creates a streamlined process by which the OSC may reciprocate orders and settlements from Canadian courts, self-regulatory organizations, exchanges, and foreign capital markets regulators. New Remedial Measures Under the proposed Capital Markets Act, if the chief regulator is satisfied that an issuer has not complied with capital markets law, they may make a number of compliance orders, including cease trade orders or orders revoking exemptions. The chief regulator would be required to provide the issuer, and in certain cases, persons named in the order, the opportunity to be heard before making such orders. Interestingly, with respect to orders in the public interest, the proposed Capital Markets Act intends to expand the enumerated list in the Securities Act to include prohibitions against promotional activity, advising in connection with activities in capital markets, acting in management or consultative capacities, and voting or exercising any other rights attaching to a security at a specified meeting. In an effort to facilitate the enforcement of these new and revised offenses, the proposed Capital Markets Act empowers the provincial court to issue capital markets production orders. More extensive liability for exempt market participants. The proposed Capital Markets Act would also expand civil liability recourse for investors in the exempt market by extending possible liability for misrepresentations in offering memoranda and other prescribed offering documents beyond issuers, including to directors, promoters, and underwriters, similar to liability for misrepresentations in a prospectus. At the time of this recording, the proposed Capital Markets Act has been made available for public comment until January 21, 2022. Greater Corporate Transparency Through Announcement of Beneficial Ownership Registry As we wrote in our blog post on Osler.com, Canada's budget introduces long-awaited beneficial ownership registry to combat money laundering. And as discussed in our white-collar defense article, the Canadian government, in its April 2021 annual budget, announced dedicated funding to Innovation, Science, and Economic Development Canada to build and implement a publicly accessible corporate beneficial ownership registry by 2025. The measure is intended to better catch those who attempt to launder money 
evade taxes, or commit other complex financial crimes, and follows similar approaches that have been taken in other jurisdictions, including the United Kingdom and United States. As the government's announcement suggests, the ability to identify the parties behind the curtain of complex corporate structures is seen as a way to make it harder to engage in financial misconduct. Coupled with a high degree of international cooperation, which has been an ongoing project for many years, but is far from fully realized, beneficial ownership registries would make it harder for bad actors to hide their assets from securities regulators and tax authorities. However, having a registry that makes details of individuals' financial affairs a matter of public record also raises important privacy and other concerns. It may itself be used as a means to do harm, including naming and shaming people who have engaged in legitimate asset protection or tax strategies. The Paradise Papers, Panama Papers, and most recently, the Pandora Papers have generated tremendous media attention, but, at least in Canada, very little tax or securities enforcement litigation. That may be, as some claim, because Canada is a laggard when it comes to enforcement. On the other hand, it may also be because, however interesting the details of individuals' financial affairs may be, the formation of offshore accounts may be lawful in practice. The past year has set the stage for 2022 to be even more significant for Canadian capital markets enforcement. We will continue to report on the proposed legislative amendments and pending prosecutions, which have the potential to fundamentally alter the enforcement landscape in Canada. Legal Year in Review is brought to you by Osler, Hoskin & Harcourt, LLP. Osler is a leading national law firm with a singular focus, your business. We advise clients on an array of domestic and cross-border legal issues, drawing on the expertise of over 450 lawyers to provide the answers you need when you need them. Our Legal Year in Review provides general information only and does not constitute legal or other professional advice. Specific advice should be sought in connection with your circumstances. For more information about Osler, please visit our website at osler.com.